The Ted Bundy Tapes. Kentucky Podcast Massacre. I am your host, Sean Wolf Party Martin. I am Hugh Perry. And tonight is more of a discussion, more or less, of the very wildly popular Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Man, I tell you what, <laughs> Netflix, they just make a documentary and people just fucking go crazy about it. I, mm-hmm. Ted Bundy fever is back, ladies and gentlemen. You thought it was gone? No, it's back again. You, uh, you... You had a long rant on Facebook about. Yeah, I went on a rant, mm-hmm. not necessarily about the the documentary, but just all the negative attention it was getting for the fact that women were pretty much uh, gooshing over Ted Bundy all over again. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to get that out of the way before we uh, before we full on dive into it. Yeah, it's a phenomenon <laughs> that's happened before. It happened when he was on trial. He had his groupies and stuff whenever. Uh, he was acting as his own lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he had his groupie sitting there, and they would fucking like smile and halfway mm-hmm. wave, and he'd wave back. And he had all these women under his spell, and half the women resembled his particular like favorite murder victim's appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, the brown hair parted down the middle. But it's something I guess about that bad boy aspect. You know, that bad boy that aspect, dangerous. and the, the fact that like he was getting all this bad boy attention, and he was genuinely charming. He was very charming. Let's not take that away from him. He was a fucking monster and oh, absolutely. asshole, but he was charming and he was very smart. Absolutely. Uh, like, <clears throat> he was, he was by, not by my opinion, but my opinion's not much because I'm a straight white male, but uh, he was, I wouldn't say he was a cute guy, but he was... Maybe by those standards. I don't know. Maybe, 70s, 80s? Cute. I don't know. But then again, you hear all these people that are like, oh, he's he's really cute. Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm not a chick. Uh, but he was a monster. He absolutely was very, very charming. And there... I mean, that is not unheard of when it comes to people being able to do heinous things like he's done. Yeah, under the guise of just being extremely intelligent and very well, you know, put together. You know, mm-hmm. he, he looked like he definitely didn't stink by any means. He didn't look like Gacy, who looked like he smelled like sausage. Now that you mention it, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, but we're wanting to talk specifically about the tapes. The, the interview series, yes, that was on Netflix. Because you, all, there is a classic episode of the Ted of Ted Bundy out there. Yeah, we we kind of went through it a little bit in our roundtable discussion style, and maybe we got off of topic a few times. But I mean, that's usually what has happens yeah. with roundtable style podcasts. But now in our more condensed, resurrected Kentucky podcast massacre, uh, we are able to focus more. Just you know, it being me and Mister Hugh Perry mm-hmm. here. So we're going to pretty much, more or less, not really go through the the factoids of his crimes, but kind of maybe highlight them as it regards to the Ted Bundy tapes. Mm -hmm. 
and just kind of like just kind of a discussion of it i guess yeah does that sound about right to you definitely a discussion just you know just a chill like you're having a beer with friends and Mm -hmm. you suddenly want to discuss the fucking serial killer that was smart and had bushy eyebrows as one does Mm uh well i guess we can just jump into it then uh i i've not been i've never hit this at all that you are way more knowledgeable about most of this stuff than I am. Sadly to say, I think it's, uh, it takes a toll on my social life sometimes. <laughs> Just knowing about serial killers and Bigfoot and shit. I, I, I'm like your, I wouldn't say average Joe. I, some people out there have no idea who he is. I know who Ted Bundy is. I just never knew uh, as in-depth on who he was until yep. the Ted Bundy's tapes. But as as someone who knew a lot more about him than I did, how was the documentary for you? Just knowing what I've known about Ted Bundy through um, doing research on him through all these years, the tapes really didn't shed any new light on who he was. I've heard all of this shit before. But like you said, to the average Joe type of person who doesn't you know, actively have half a bookshelf devoted strictly <laughs> to serial killers like I do... Uh, they could definitely be turned on to, to Ted Bundy in more ways than one. Whether if you're a male or a female, you could definitely uh, newly discover this particular guy that you've probably only heard whispers about and completely be turned on to his charm and his uh, charisma and everything. But for me, I see him as what he is. Just a complete and total fucking monster disguised as your average next door neighbor looking fellow. Now, at the, at, towards the beginning of the uh, of the of the documentary, they had an old friend of Ted Bundy's when he was a child. Um, <clears throat> she's a lot older now, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about that he was just an awkward little boy. Yeah. Did you know about that beforehand? Yeah, um, he uh, was definitely awkward. He wasn't as awkward as some of the other serial killers you hear of. He had a a pretty alright upbringing. There wasn't any signs that he would eventually become what he would eventually become. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any head injuries. He didn't really piss the bed past a certain age. There wasn't any factors that could have contributed to why he became what he became. But I think he was just, you know, an awkward, shy kid. Maybe he had some of uh, the desires that he would showcase later on in life. And being a kid... He didn't really know how to uh, get that across well, mm-hmm. so he just became reserved, more or less. Well, when it comes to just, I lost it again. Why do I keep doing this, Sean? Why you lost it? I lost just it. Get sucked out of your head, man. Yeah. You're thinking too much of cat litter. Uh, too much cat litter. And fucking birdseed. Birdseed. Yeah, all that shit. And then, and then those eyebrows, man. Those oh, eyebrows I, I remember. Lost in them. I remember. Um, so, <clears throat> with uh, do you still see a few weeks later now the because you, your big rant on Facebook? Yeah, kind of uh, on a rant there. Yeah, it it, it was about uh, well, some of it was about the fact that some people even went as far as to say that maybe he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Do you still see people doing that, like trying to argue that he didn't do it? I mean, we all know he fucking did it. He, oh, yeah. He, he, argued. he confessed to Yeah, it, he confessed to sex. it. In more ways than one. I mean, it may have been a half-assed confession, but nonetheless, he still confessed, and it's still on document. 
Um, I think it's just the, the conspiracy aspect. Maybe they uh, coerced him into a confession. Because also there's documentaries on Netflix where there's like false confessions. Making a murderer. Yeah, making a murderer. And there's literally a documentary called False Confessions. So they could be getting it from that aspect or making a murderer. Or even if they know anything about the West Memphis Three, they could be thinking, well, the cops maybe didn't like uh, have the right person. So they found some guy who was in the area at the time who kind of sort of might have fit the profile. And then they uh, completely coerced him into making false confessions. But if you know Ted Bundy and his like degree in psychology and law... This, no, this would not phase him. You could not corner him. You could not get him to confess unless he wanted to confess. You could corner him, but you wouldn't have been able to corner him. He'd into fight a his way out easily. He wouldn't have been able to, you wouldn't have been able to corner him into a confession. He'd no. been cornered a couple of times. Yeah, but, no, but normally, that would just end in him basically doing the old, the old saying of you've won the battle but not the war. Yeah. Is basically what I got from what I would heard yeah. about how he acted. And half the times the cops would probably come out like, oh, that's a hell of a guy right mm-hmm. there. I want to have a beer with him. What? Uh, didn't they, didn't something like that happen? With the judge, yeah. Um, the, this Tallahassee judge, which was his final trial before he was uh, put on death row, when he acted as his own attorney. He was so charismatic. He was so charming. You're going to hear that word come up a lot in this episode. That the judge was like, hell, son, if uh, we were on better terms and you weren't here for what you were here for, uh, I might consider you to be a a defense attorney. Yeah. I was like, what are you saying that for, dude? Don't give him, don't inflate his ego any more than it is already inflated. It's going to be like the fucking house from up. It's going to fly away eventually. Because from what I could tell, he loved the attention. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, definitely. He like, always would give interviews whenever there would be like the, the media hanging outside. Mm-hmm. Always willing to give an interview. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that like, at one point they had like, kept him from giving interviews. And like the sheriff or whatever, he had been giving all the interviews. And uh, this is from the documentary. And he just kind of lost it for a split second about not being able to talk to the press. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, in all aspects, a control freak, even in wanting to just say what he what he was. Yeah. Wanted to say. And he didn't want the other story. I mean, he probably wanted the other story out, but he probably wanted his story out there, too. So people could be like, you know what? He seems like a pretty good guy. He yeah. was always selling his narrative. He yeah. always had a smile on his face. He always was cracking jokes to just completely keep up with the appearance that, oh, I'm, would a murderer do this? Would a murderer be as friendly and as approachable as I am? No, I don't think so. Because up until Ted Bundy, you only had the... Uh, you had the Mansons out Yeah, the Mansons, the creepy cult type of people. You had... Uh, the uh, deranged, uh, almost like gas station attendant that was sweating and ranting and raving and, and then maybe had some type of weird facial deformity <laughs> or something like that. You know, all the characteristics that you would usually think of a serial killer having up until Ted Bundy completely broke that entire illusion. Mm-hmm. So you have to look a certain way to be a serial killer. Yeah, because they, like, they even had to, like, towards the beginning... I don't remember which state this is in. You, you'll probably know just because 
you're you. <laughs> but uh, they had to like keep girls away from just walking on the street, away from pretty much all men, because they. I believe that was Colorado. Was that? Because I think it was like the first one he was in. He started in Washington, Washington. and they they noticed that there was a lot of killings happening there. And then I believe he moved down to Idaho mm-hmm. and then Colorado. He he didn't stay in one place for too long mm-hmm. until people started getting a, a gist of him, until like artist renditions started popping up. And he actually put his name out there by introducing himself to a girl. He didn't use a fake name, which also goes into the egotistical side yeah. of it all. Because he was too smart to have known. Like He was too smart. To just willingly give his name away yeah. without wanting something else in return for giving out his name, and that would have been the attention. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he used the word Ted, and for, I mean, there's got to be so many fucking Teds in like the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. He never said his last name, though. Yeah. And then later on, he would play upon the different aliases that he would steal and make for himself. Mm-hmm. Because you could just type out an ID back in the day and it looked like you could just type it out on a typewriter yeah. there's no picture or nothing like that so, and that's what that's about what he ended up doing for one guy yeah um, towards the end yeah he's just pretty much stole an ID and used that name that was on the ID now I, I again I've, I've known about Ted Bundy I didn't know everything about him and uh, I still don't of course uh, but I know a lot more about him after watching the, the tapes I did not know that he ended up escaping twice. Yeah. Very, very smart guy. Uh, the first time I think he escaped, he went through the ventilation the shaft. I thought, I thought the first time was he jumped out the window. Well, he went through the ventilation shaft, and then he jumped out the window. And then the second time is when he got like really fucking skinny, like went through the bars found like some clothes and just walked out the front door mm-hmm. pretty much so he was very very savvy i mean nobody had uh come into contact with somebody of this caliber you know especially a serial killer so he was able to uh pretty much glom onto that and use it to his advantage he was always thinking he was always two or three steps ahead of yeah. everybody else shoo <laughs> It's almost like an old fucking like black and white movie you see, you know, mm-hmm. like Buster Keaton or something like that, you know, or Charlie Chaplin, you know. The, yeah. Oh, I gave him the slip then, winkity walk, and then I walk through the bars. Fuck you. And, that, that, mm-hmm. and the, his first escape attempt, he ended up, uh, he he hit out for how long was it again? Was it like a week? He hit out for a week in the. Uh, it was like in the the mountainous area. It was like a, some cabin. He spent one night. It was raining. Really fucking bad. It was a miserable night, he said. It was an awful night. And he uh, managed to find a cabin, broke into that. And then he went back in town, and then he was subsequently caught again. I think it was after he had committed two or three more murders. Mm-hmm. But he was caught again. And I believe that was the uh, time that he was in Colorado. And that's when he escaped again. And, of course, we know what happened after that. You think it was because, like... Do you think he genuinely just got got caught, or do you think he kind of intentionally slipped up? Uh, he had. Um, he's still human. I mean, with all the the careful planning and as as smart as he was, there was still some things that he may have miscalculated or didn't really think about. Mm-hmm. It could have been the smallest detail or the largest detail, but 
he ended up getting caught. I don't think it was just so he could escape again to feed his ego mm. and to, you know, more or less write the legend of Ted Bundy as it would become later on in life. Now, I, I just realized um, that we're uh, more on topic of the, of the, the actual tapes documentary. Yeah. Um, they ended up... Did they end up doing anything with the recordings other than the documentary? Or was it just the documentary and that book that they did? Um, they still have the tapes archived. I think they may use it for... Because uh, they said they had like 500 hours of Yeah, there's a lot of tapes. There's uh, not just with that particular interviewer also. He was also interviewed with a uh, up-and-coming like journalist who he thought would be more... Uh, I guess susceptible to spin his narrative the way he wanted it to be spun, so he utilized that guy also. But the Ted Bundy's tapes pretty much focuses on one particular guy, in general, and it doesn't really talk much about the the other guy that was interviewing him, mm-hmm. not just audio but also video before he was up like up to two months before he was executed. I think they showed like one from the video, like right at like right before he was about yeah, to get it was executed. about a week or. It was, Three or four days up to a week before he was about to be executed. Because yeah, he, he was like... They, they convinced him not to kill himself, I'm pretty sure, in that one. Yeah. Or, I don't think he ever would have killed himself. But he was so egotistical. He could have probably uh, skated away with a life sentence. But his unwillingness to confess to the crimes that they wanted him to confess to is what landed him with the death sentence. Which has always struck me as weird because he could have, probably to this day, been making interviews. He could have had the Netflix documentary that they had today, but it would have been him alive, still talking about shit. Who knows what else he could have came up with. That would have been... I wonder what he would have sounded like or acted like. I mean, he'd probably act very similar. I think he would have probably went to, like, did some more courses in college and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if they would have necessarily uh, been able to make him speak to different like uh, psychology or criminal classes, but I think that he may have kind of done like a, uh, a recorded thing that they could play in the class just for the, uh, the students to listen to. I also wonder, because towards the end he was starting to get a bit more cooperative with uh, police. Yeah. So he knew he was fucked. There was nothing yeah. else to it. So, so I, w- I wonder if uh, if he would still have been all these years later. I mean, granted, he wouldn't have as much information, but I mean, you, if you can get inside the mind of somebody like that, yeah. And at that point, if he's fucked and caught and everything like that, he'll probably just let you in. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we would understand better a little bit more at that point. Yeah, probably so. I would think. Definitely. So. Now, I'm not advocating that we shouldn't have killed him, of course. Yeah. Because we tried to do that with Charles Manson, but he was just so out of his fucking mind, you couldn't get a rational thought out of him. It you, was just all you could, theory but then, and relativity. Like, three seconds later, it'd be gone. Yeah. I um, mean, he would just like give like pretty much philosophy, and you can't really use philosophy for anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, that's I never thought of it that way. But still, you know, you can't be butt fucking frogs and compare that to. Uh, you know, God and the devil. Yeah. I don't get it. You know, but then you got Bundy, who like straight up out of the gate in the tapes would kind of let you in uh, once they got him to talk in third person. Yeah, 
you had to learn how to talk to him before he would talk to you. Because he was so adamant about not confessing yeah. at, at that point in time that he wouldn't say, I did this, I did that. It was, if someone were to, this is what would they would do. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the whole OJ book, If I Did Do It. Yeah. It was basically a written confession written in third person, which is the same thing Bundy did. Although Bundy did confess towards the end, didn't he? Towards the end, yeah. He yeah. started confessing more and more. Because it was just like, well, I'm going to fry anyway. Yeah, because he said there was like there was like three digits amount of women in like six different states. Yeah. Um, so he did finally confess. But. And I think they only found bodies in, I think, three, maybe four states out of the six that he was, I think it, yeah, I think it yeah, was, was in. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? With all the, the missing persons... Uh, flyers that you've seen all the cold cases throughout the years and some of those could have been Bundy victims even in my lifetime yeah shit mm-hmm. damn I was born in 94 well you know he probably was resurrected I don't know <laughs> hey, I don't, we might be able to came back from the dead we could we might be able to there was the whole theory and this wasn't on the Bundy tapes but it's still funny to mention mm-hmm if you look at like uh, side by side comparisons of like a young George H W Bush and Ted Bundy, they looked almost identical. I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> look it up. We'll put it on the uh, the Facebook page also before this is released. But okay. there was an idea that they were switched, and then Bundy was allowed to somehow go free and uh, continue his murder spree. For what reason? I don't know. It's just one of those really strange conspiracy theories that always seems to come up. I mean, they do look alike. They definitely look alike. But, I mean, what's the what's the reason here? Wait, hold on. I'm just now looking this up. Uh, so, look at the side-by-side Holy comparison. shit. Yeah. You can't see this. This is, of course, an audio podcast, but... Just close your eyes and imagine... The hairstyle... The eyebrows, eyebrows, pretty much almost identical. The smile, he's the got smile. the smile down yeah. too. I think we had Ted Bundy as our president. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if uh, George H. W. Bush constructed nine eleven, that would definitely boost uh, Ted. Oh Bundy's my god, it's the ultimate yeah. murder plot. That's my god. It's right here. <laughs> it's been here all along. We figured it out, guys. Fucking Jeff Fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Imposter Ted Bundy, George H.W. Bush Jeez. melts steel beams. Just with his charisma. He's so know. hot, he melts the beams. What the fuck? <laughs> that is crazy. Ultimate kill count. Yes, I was more or less directly responsible for this, for letting it happen. So my kill count is now fucking... 1,930 or however many. He's in the four digits. Jeez. Yeah, fuck, man. (laughs) You still didn't beat Hitler, but fuck, dude. You know what? He's on his way. Yeah. We don't know what Bush is doing anymore. Or should I say Bundy? If we can find like a link between Adolf Hitler and, say, Richard Ramirez, then holy shit, all this (laughs) will tie together, man. We'll just fucking blow the doors off the whole thing. (laughs) I think we need to uh, start watching out for the FBI uh, here at headquarters. I know. If uh, I get a random knock on my door at 2 in the morning. Don't answer it. I mean, it ain't going to matter anyway. They'll kick the fucker in. But <laughs> I don't know. I'll fend them off with my switchblade and wiener dogs. Yeah. 
Play the wieners. It's no match for assault rifles and drones. We need to get the wieners back on here. Yeah, I know. Well, if we ever record at uh, Casa de Lobo, then you will definitely hear them in the background. I dig it. I dig it. Yes, sir. <clears throat> so your overall, what is your overall opinion of the the Ted Bundy's tape? You think it like glorifies him, um, or I feel I feel like people out there could take it that way, as they very plainly have done. But no, I don't think it glorifies him at all. It it just sheds light on him uh, in a way that some people may have never experienced. Yeah. Um, I could have gotten the same sort of experience just by looking up things about him before. Uh, I just, you know, it was a lot more readily available to me through Netflix. The best sense to get an idea of what Ted Bundy was like is not necessarily watching Netflix documentaries because they can suck you in and they can kind of more or less uh, give you the wrong idea. And I mentioned to you the whole making a murderer syndrome, which... I mean, granted, I am one of the people who does believe that uh, that Stephen Avery and uh, I can't remember the other guys. Yeah, the other kid. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe that they were wrongly incarcerated. Yeah, definitely. And uh, but uh, that doesn't that doesn't carry over to Ted Bundy. And to some people, I think it did. I yeah. think they were like, "It's on Netflix. It's a documentary. It's basically making a murderer too." They didn't like fucking read all the facts you know they they refused to or they just were lazy and just didn't want to mm-hmm. but yeah the whole netflix thing they they definitely presented in a way that can make people get the wrong idea so it's only a matter of time before they come out with like a a jeffrey dahmer uh documentary mm-hmm. and then the gay community uh completely gloms onto that and it's like well he was just misunderstood what's gonna also, happen with the gacy uh, documentary uh, big fat sloppy midwestern fucking uh, stay at home moms <laughs> are just gonna love it I don't know Gacy didn't have much of a uh, a groupie uh, following to him Ramirez did if they make a Ramirez documentary uh, it's going to pretty much Wait. make women just goosh Wait, you're saying that but what, what I, we were talking about the home I call it I called it the making a murderer syndrome uh, and Stephen Avery is not a uh, a good looking man no, by no, any he means. He looks like somebody from Wisconsin. But people, <laughs> but people have taken his side. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Is like if a Gacy uh, documentary comes out, all of a sudden, oh, he didn't fuck those boys. He didn't. No, he's just he's just a happy little clown. Yeah, there wasn't. No, those bodies were placed in his crawl space by the fucking FBI. Yeah. No, no, they weren't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. I just, I just wanted to bring up the the whole making murderer syndrome, just yeah. to, because not every documentary is saying, "Hey, they didn't do it." Making a murderer did, but it has its purposes. I mean, if you come up with a documentary on Netflix and it's cut and paste, it's like completely one sided. Yes, this guy did that. It's not going to sell as much as if you put like twists and turns, and it has like. The, the stairwell, or making a murderer did, or even the new abducted in plain sight. I haven't seen that yet. I want to. I've heard some fuckery about it. Uh, we're going I to eventually discuss it. I, I, want, I want to now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some fuckery, definitely. It you really have to like calm yourself down and watch it because <laughs> it's you'll dumb. turn that shit off real quick because you're so pissed off and you're throwing shit at your fucking flat screen. <laughs> you can't afford another one. So. With Bundy, towards the end uh, of 
everything. We were talking about this a little bit before we started to record. Uh, you and I have a slightly different outlook on the ending of his murdering career. Yeah. Uh, like, what caused him to do it. Because we both agree that he kind of just loses it at the yeah. end. He almost kind of sort of breaks his uh, his whole modus operandi. Yeah, what, what, what is your reasoning on that? Well, I have a story real quick that my mom told me. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe she said it was around 1980. She wasn't really clear. She knows it was like early 80s. Mm-hmm. But she was working at a convenience store here in town. She was outside taking a break or something like that. Some guy pulls up in a car. She says it was a Volkswagen. Didn't specify if it was a VW Bug or not. But the guy, you know, just kind of has this approachable look, real friendly. He's like, hey, I'm from out of town. I'm trying to make it down south. Uh, Can you point me in the direction of, you know, the interstate? I'm from around here. I got turned around. I got gas. I don't know how to get back and you know, go down south. And she said, well, where are you going? And he said, well, I'm uh, thinking about going down to Florida. I heard it's nice this time of year. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, you uh, you get on so-and-so expressway, whatever, whatever expressway takes you down to Florida, you just follow that all the way through. It's pretty much a straight shot. And um, this guy propositions her. He's like, Hey, uh, you wouldn't want to, like, grab a bite to eat real quick. I haven't eaten or anything like that. Would you mind doing that? And she's like, well, I'm just now finishing up on my break right now. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. about to hit back in. But uh, just follow this interstate, blah, 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 and you'll be fine. You'll get down there. And he's like, all right, well, that's a shame, but uh, thanks for your, your time. I appreciate you. You've been very helpful. And my mom had blonde hair at the time. Didn't fit his... Uh, M.O. M.O. particularly. She was in her like early 20s. But when he was captured, she was like, that is the guy. I am completely certain that that is the guy that was asking for directions and asked if I wanted to have something to eat. She said, like, this is fucking crazy, mm-hmm. more or less. And she was like, I was just face to face with a fucking murderer and I could have been one of the victims. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it would, with him going cross-country, he could have came through Kentucky. Or he could have just completely bypassed it and went down Tennessee through Georgia and then to Florida. Yeah. So, that was a story she told me. And, I mean, it's believable, considering the timeline and everything. Yeah. That was just fucking crazy. <laughs> well, what, well, so, does that feed into what you were, your, your ideas of, like, his, like, break towards the end? It could have been. What, uh... What is your idea on, like, his, the ending of his murdering career, um, like, when he started to break his M.O.? Because, I mean, it seems like he might have been starting to do that with your mom at that point. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Well, of course, as we all know, uh, his ending and his, like, subsequent capture came when he went down to Florida and then brutally went to FSU campus to a sorority and brutally murdered, like, pretty much all the sorority women in there. I think it was up to four, and left, like, two or three, I think, seriously injured. Uh, He did all this with a log he found outside, and he did this in a span of, like, 15 minutes. It was berserker mode when you hear people talk about murderers. So I think that he knew that everybody was on his trail. Without a shadow of a doubt, they 
pretty much knew that this was the guy that had left so many like bodies in his wake spanning from like Washington and then all the way down to to Florida. They knew that you know, he knew that everybody was fucking just on his ass and it was only a matter of time. So I felt like maybe he was it was an all work no play type of scenario. Yeah. He didn't just want to keep running, he wanted to also feed his craving for like bloodlust, for rape, for mayhem. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to try to get this in as much as he could. So he ended up murdering all the FSU sorority girls. And then there was that one breaking point, I think, that completely was the end-all, be-all, where law enforcement was like, okay, fuck this. We need to nab this guy. We need to do it now. And that was the 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. I, think her, I think her name was Leech, the Leech girl. Yeah. Uh, Kim. Kimberly Leach. Yep. Yeah. That was like, okay, fuck this. You know, he's... He's already killed so many innocent lives. Now he's killing children. And if we don't get him now, he's in Florida. He could end up, like, down in, in Mexico maybe next. Mm-hmm. He could be completely... We could completely lose him if we don't act now. See, with my my idea of everything, uh, is, and it's close, but not exact. Um, with, with the way everything was back then, people, law enforcement... You didn't know what was going on on the other side of the country. They mention it in the documentary. Yeah. They weren't um, cooperative with each other. Yeah. And there's no, like, widespread news, at least unless it's, like, a war going on or something mm-hmm. like that. There's no internet. You can't just get on and search Ted Bundy and figure out what happened in all the other states. DNA wasn't really exactly at all. So him leaving and going to these different states is kind of him picking up and moving on. He... He was smart enough to understand that he had a problem. Um, and ultimately, he blamed it on like porn and stuff like that. Yeah. But sugar. <laughs> yeah. He was, but he was smart enough to understand that he had the problem. So I completely, I can completely understand him trying to kind of like a smoker, try to go cold turkey, yeah. pick up, move off to somewhere else where they're not going to know who you are, not know what you did, and try to live your life again. And then have to just have to break down and indulge and i feel like uh he might have waited a long time in between his last indulging murder and uh when he goes to fsu and then that's why it's just so brutal so spur of the moment yeah and then the boiling point more or less and then he goes one block down the road and does it again to another girl Mm -hmm. and then it's just he it's been so pent up he can't get enough of it and that's when Kimberly happens. Yeah. So we were a girl. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking is like he he was trying to live a normal life as normal as you could possibly live. Yeah. And then just couldn't take it anymore. Just lost it. Yeah. There's there I mean there is a lot of instances where a lot of serial killers have said that they've tried to not do what they normally do, but the urge is just too strong there. It's like a some alcoholic or, or a smoker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or I mean, like even like a, a crack addict or somebody yeah. who uses heavy drugs, or they don't want to necessarily go through the withdrawals because who knows the withdrawals could be psychologically painful. So in order to alleviate that, they have to resort to, you know, murder. Yeah. But yeah, that was the most fucked up thing. They eventually found the girl. I think it was after um, maybe a week or two. Yeah, it was a while. 
She I wasn't she she was in the woods, right? Yeah, she was in a wood in this uh, woods and it was she was like kind of underneath this like uh, metal siding type of thing that might have been a shed at one point that it collapsed. Didn't uh wasn't there like I'm just trying to make sure that I remember this correctly. Wasn't she like uh, eaten a little bit by stray animals or or I'm sure she was given like the uh she probably was because it's it's Florida. It's like a very hot climate. There's yeah. all types of animals out there. So. Decomposition was probably super high also. So she was probably... She was in late rapid. stages of decomposition, yeah. almost skeletal. Especially be, like the heat and the humidity. That definitely ramps things up. Fun fact, I took forensic science class. Yeah, so. I've, I've, I've delved in it also. You know, I've looked up the body farm and I used to watch mm-hmm. Autopsy when I was younger so actually completely, composition completely off topic but with my uh, forensic forensic science class we actually had an experiment where we took chickens from uh, from the grocery store mm-hmm. and we'd give them different modes of uh, death uh, hanging frozen to death buried alive mm-hmm. that sort of thing and for like three or four weeks we kept going out there and recording the stage of decomposition that they were at yeah and uh, it was nasty Oh yeah, uh, can you imagine a body though? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 a lot more to break down. There's a lot more to break down. It'd be more. This is gonna sound a little morbid. Uh, it'd be a lot more intense, but it'd be the same smell. Yeah. You think so? A chicken and a, absolutely and a human body. Absolutely. I've smelled rotting chicken. I have not smelled rotting. Body. When you're smelling that kind of dead body smell, you're not smelling the body. You're smelling the maggots. <coughs> is it the maggots or is it the? Uh, the gas is kind of escaping from all the... Uh, probably uh, probably a bit of both, but what tells me that it's uh, it, a human body would be the same way as... I smelled that with a chicken. Uh, when I worked at Walmart, we had a dead bird in the vents, and they didn't believe me when I said, I smell it, something's dead in the vents. Mm-hmm. They looked in the vents, I was right. Yeah. Um, and then why, uh, one of my dogs uh, was having maggots laid in him while he was alive, and he smelled like a dead body. Ew. So, he just had like a piece of flesh that the maggots had blown on. It was and, it, or the flies had blown on. Pretty and, much, yeah. So, I've smelled it multiple times, and it's always been the same smell, and it's yeah. been different animals. Interesting, also interesting thing to kind of piggyback off that: the Ivan Kano case of the kid that was abducted and then shoved into a trash can by Churchill Downs, mm-hmm. and it took them a while to find his particular body because right down the road you had a Kroger. And uh, they were infamous for throwing all their meat in the compactor, and it was a very hot summer. So that smell of the meat that was rotting kind of masked the smell of the body that was rotting mm-hmm. in the trash can. So it took them longer to find it because of that. Yeah, I did, like a dead human probably would have a, a stronger smell, but it'd be the same smell, just stronger. Yeah, probably, yeah. At least that's one man's opinion. <laughs> okay, so um, eventually, as we all know, just to wrap it up, Ted Bundy was, uh, after a very public trial, after he was captured and put on trial in Tallahassee, Florida, he acted as his own lawyer. Very, he convinced a lot of people, convinced the jury a lot. I think when he was uh, convicted of murder, it was almost like, almost completely 50-50. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was eventually sentenced to, to death had a lot of different like interviews between that interval of him being on death row and then him being electrocuted to death. Um, so what was your, your takeaway from just just everything after the 
the documentary? Do you think they could have said more? you think they could have, they didn't say enough? Or I'm conf- final thoughts? I'm conflicted a little bit. Because I, as somebody who enjoys like learning about these kinds of things, I wish that I had heard more. But as somebody who understands that he was very into being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the fact that like he would publicly try to fire his lawyers in court yeah. just to make a scene. Um, I, I, You hear this with a lot of different serial killers and stuff like that, that you don't want to give him the attention. But especially with Bundy, I don't want to give him the attention. No. Uh, just because he lives on it. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately... Um, in a way, somebody that obsessed with getting attention, even with him being gone and dead right now, is kind of one. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's I, like pretty much smiling from the grave. Yeah, I'm I'm torn between wanting to know more and wishing I knew less. Yeah, I mean, you can't necessarily just uh, well, for lack of a better term, just bury everything these particular people did. Because they use their cases for the greater good and like, oh, absolutely, know, colleges I did, and everything like that. It's just not wanting to, you know, it's just not wanting to give him the satisfaction. Yes, the story must be told, but you also need to include the parts that, you know, he's not a rock star, he's not a legend. He, you shouldn't be wearing T-shirts with him on it. You shouldn't no. be, fucking like getting quotes of his tattooed on you. You know, the whole quote where he says we're all monsters, more or less, in one form or another. Basically. We're your mothers, we're your fathers, we're your sons, we're your daughters. Basically, learn about him. Watch the documentary, read what you can, learn about him, but don't don't give in to what he would have wanted, basically. That's the thing with me, like... I'm really interested in serial killers, and I always have been, but I don't glorify any of them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's more of uh, just delving into the dark parts of human nature that people aren't willing to talk about as much. Yeah. More or less. I dig it. I dig it. So, is there anything else finalized that you want to say? Oh, I wanted to throw this in real quick. We're talking about his ego. and This is real oh, quick before yeah. we... Uh, before we end the episode, he actually married a girl when he was on trial. Oh, yeah. One of his groupies. Forgot about Carolyn that. Boone, I think was her name. He ended up having a baby, too. Yeah, they, uh, he uh, had conjugal visits. They had a baby. She's out there right now. It's a, it's a girl. She was born in 1989. So she's, um, well, she's be about our age, definitely. Yeah. But uh, she's out there somewhere, and they name-dropped her on the... Um, on the documentary. They've never name-dropped her before. They've kept her name out of it. Her name was like Rose or Rosalind or something. I, think, that it, effect. I think it was Rose. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be fucked up if she's sitting there watching that and then they name-drop her and she's like, fuck! <laughs> I mean, she don't have the last name Bundy and she's probably pretty well hidden. She hasn't came out and said that I'm the daughter of Ted yeah. Bundy. She don't want to be known. I, I wouldn't want to be known either. No. Surprise. She's not like BTK's daughter, where BTK's daughter was just on People Magazine saying that I'm the daughter of BTK. Surprise, Sean. I'm the daughter of Ted Bundy. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm the uh, illegitimate white son of Martin Lawrence. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, are we are we about done? Or do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to talk to Bundy? 
Have you been reading necromancy books? I've too? been reading a little bit into necromancy. Okay. Well, we have, of course, you know, we have the pentagram on the floor here. Yeah. Yeah. We have a tire iron here. Mm-hmm. There's a, a drawing of big bushy eyebrows. There's some big bushy fucking eyebrows mm-hmm. on the ground here, and the uh, we also have uh, a Volkswagen logo. Also, huh. I dig it. So, what do we say to conjure this? Uh, I mean. Yeah, what is one of the things that you could think of that would give him the most attention, uh, especially towards the end? You know, what might have gotten him a little, a little riled up, but also a lot of attention. I heard, I heard a lot of people in the documentary yelling, uh, "Burn Bundy, burn. burn Bundy, burn!" Okay, burn. that could work. All right. All right, so we repeat that three yeah. times. Yeah. Okay. Burn Bundy, burn. Burn Bundy, burn. Burn, Bundy, burn. burn. <laughs> oh, we got something on here. Dog duck, nope. Oh. Alright, are we, uh, who do we have here today? How are, uh, how, how is you? Uh, I am good. Is this, uh, Ted Bundy? Uh, that's the to? one and only, yes. All right, yeah, we're very and, and who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Uh, I'm just, uh, just Sean Wolf Party Martin. Wolf Party, I like that name. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, you know, I got Native Americans in my family. It's, it's cool. <sighs> yes. Um, I've heard a lot about the Native Americans. They're good people. They're, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You've spent time in Utah. You've probably met a few. A so. few, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. So, um, how are you enjoying your stay in, in hell currently? Is it very accommodating down there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, you know, I, when I first got there, the uh, the the big man downstairs uh, made sure that I had everything that I needed and uh, made sure I was as comfortable as possible. I'm sure you okay. gain a condo in hell, a very nice one. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, not like actually, that Gigi Allen who lives in a gutter down there. Yeah, I, I actually uh, live not far from him, uh, but I make sure he doesn't stay on my property at all. Exactly. You call the security on your, the demon security and... Get him the fuck out of there whenever Absolutely. he orders. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, sir, I just wanted to... Uh, can I call you sir or Mr. Bundy? Yeah, or... You can call me Ted. Okay, all right. Uh, Ted. So, um, well, I mean, how do you think, like, that you're... The end of your life, did it kind of go the way that you wanted it to? Because, I mean, you could have had, like, a life sentence if you wanted to, but there was a few things you weren't cooperative with. So did you, do you kind of like wish that you could have had life instead of, you know, death? I, uh, that's a very good question, actually. I, um, if I were to choose my own way, I would say that I absolutely went out my way and not, uh, any other one's idea. Just like Frank Sinatra, yes. It was was my decision to go out the way that I went, not anyone else's. In your own terms, yes. Okay, I can can understand that a little bit. But I mean, if if, uh, just peering from below up above, what do you think about the general state of, like, America now? Especially having, you were a Republican, and now we have a a very Republican president. Um, you like Donald Trump any? You need to uh, understand that uh, as there is a difference between Republicans before and Republicans now. I have been True. keeping an eye on everything. Uh, and I, I'd have to say I don't really like uh, Mr. Trump that much. Uh, I can but, understand. 
you know, I don't really have that much influence on the world now, do I? That's true. If, if you didn't go the particular way that you went, um, you know, with the, the, the murders and everything like that, do you think that you would have probably had a uh, kind of a hand in uh, being political? I mean, you have the law degree and you have the psycho- like psychological degree. Do you think it would have been like a, uh, a person, the, a Senate majority leader, or maybe a part of the, the House? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I would have uh, I would have decided that uh, I wanted a hand in politics, and maybe we wouldn't have had a man like we do now in the office. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could have went that route, sir. You could have went mm-hmm. that route, but hey, I mean, uh, we're all destined to be a certain way in life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can fault you. But I'm not going to because I know you're pretty handy with a tire iron. And uh, even though I don't fit the uh, the appearance of one of your victims, you can still crack a motherfucker in the head with a tire iron and it hurts all the same. Well, neither did Kimberly. Mm, shit. Well, it's really fucked up. Anyway, that made my skin crawl a little bit. Uh, so, what was your, like, plan? If you escaped from Florida, they didn't catch you. Like, what was your plan after that? Were you trying to go... Like to South America, to Mexico. I wanted to. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure that everyone uh, would would keep an idea of me in their own head. I was going. I was going to keep coming back around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like the people that I get to know, and I like to be able to come back and see them again. Uh, they may be afraid of me a bit more, but you know, you got to break a few eggs. Yep. You were right there. I see it as you were right there at the finish line. But they said that you they caught you driving erratically from a stolen car. Why were you driving so erratically given the fact that, you know, everybody was looking for you down there? Did you, like, drop a lighter in your lap? Or, I mean, did you spill some ketchup on you? Uh, this, this was... Uh, uh, that was actually one of the uh, not as proud moments in my life. I... I had a very big urge while I was in the car. Are you saying that you were, like, masturbating in the car while driving? I'm I'm saying that one would in that situation with that amount of urges. Yeah, you said possibly. Would. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry, you don't get my particular humor. You're very uh, direct with your no, humor. Okay. And I'm you, very perverted. You do you, man. You do you. So you were, more or less, you, you were masturbating while driving. I mean... If one would, yes. Okay, so, like, left hand on the steering wheel, or you have good old friendly righty? Uh, well, when you do the kinds of things that I do, you want to go with the ones that you don't know. So, mm-hmm. left, uh, and then I kept the right hand on the wheel, uh, but, uh, things got a little intense. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, say the least. Things got a little sticky, didn't they? A little, yep. yes. And then next thing you know, you've, uh... You know, you got some of your uh, your Ted seed on your your corduroy fucking like uh, slacks. And I had I had to be careful. It's a bad time. Yeah, I had to be careful. I mean, this wasn't my car. I didn't want it to get. I didn't want to get it that dirty. Yes, of yes. course. Lest you return it in a you know particular state that you didn't get it from. I understand that. Exactly. Yeah. You, know. you know, we didn't have any of that DNA stuff or anything like that at that point in time. But uh, still, it required a bit of civility. 
Well, I'm sure that you were very envious that we have fleshlights now, and that could have all been avoided if we had that oh, we sexual had, technology. Oh, we had that uh, about five years in advance down uh, down below. Oh, down... Well, I mean, when you were probably killing, you probably had the scalp of a fucking brunette has a flashlight, so... I don't know how you knew that. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I don't know how I did either, but I guess perverted minds think alike. But nonetheless, I've done a lot of research about you, Ted, and it's... Oh, it's uh, an honor. It's, it's, a, it's an honor. Well, it's, 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 I don't know if it's an honor for me, but it was definitely interesting. We'll say that. So, uh, I know that you have a dinner date down below mm-hmm. with... Uh, Eileen Warnos, y'all are dating now, don't they? Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, uh, and uh, and before I go, uh, how's your mother doing? Oh, was that my mother? Though she, I thought, I always thought that was kind of a tall tale with her. Uh, you actually drove through Kentucky. I mean, I didn't just uh, appear in Florida. It is kind of serendipitous how you'd appear at the particular convenience store in Louisville, Kentucky, that my mom was working at. But she didn't necessarily fit your particular woman at the time. You know, she was blonde. I also uh, didn't uh, have much of a particular type of woman at the time. Yeah, I didn't, later on. I didn't uh, have anyone on my travels that much. Um, again, just take a look at Kimberly towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd take a blonde at that point. I'd, I'd be willing to try something new, just like good old Lefty. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess it was a good thing that my uh, mom kind of uh, saw through the bullshit, and also she was packing a forty-five Magnum at the time. Very, very big gun. I know you've never really used guns in your crimes, but mm. that's enough to blow a hole in it and definitely stop you in your tracks. Well, then perhaps, uh, maybe... I Maybe it they, would have been stopped a little I guess sooner, they both huh? would have worked out. You know, mm-hmm. it would have worked out for her. And, uh, well, I mean, you probably wouldn't have to go through all the uh, trouble of sitting in a jail cell until you were eventually electrocuted to death. I can't argue with that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I won't keep Eileen waiting. I know she's a battle axe when she gets mad. Oh, absolutely. There. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Terrible. And again, it, it, was, uh, it was an honor, Mr. Wolf Party, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. That's right. Uh, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing you uh, whenever you get down. Tell, uh, tell Gacy we're going to do an episode on him pretty soon. Oh, he'll so, be so excited. Yeah, tell his weird sweaty ass he can come up here and, and talk with us. Or tell Ramirez to come up and he can talk to us. Just make sure he brushes his teeth a lot and kind of wears deodorant. Oh, absolutely. I, I, will, I will make sure to tell everyone down in hell. All about right. the Kentucky Kentucky Podcast Massacre. The Kentucky it? Podcast yeah. Massacre. Yeah, Louisville's premier paranormal, true crime, all sorts of your spooky bullshit podcast. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll bring uh, back your old friend. Uh, so, uh, goodbye. All right. Have a good one, Ted. <coughs> oh, dog, dog. Right. <sighs> you feel better? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened? Uh... Ted Bundy came up here, man. He was, I don't know, he was saying some crazy shit. You'll hear it all on the uh, the podcast here. We got some uh, very in-depth stuff from him, from the uh, demonic soul that was Ted Bundy. Wait, does that, mean, does that mean we're the new Ted Bundy tapes? We got the last interview with Ted Bundy? Yeah, I guess so. I guess we have it. Sweet. Whereas other podcasts, they have only wished that they know necromancy like we know. Yeah. We have that edge on them. Oh, yes. yeah. We're necromancers. Oh, it's it's a dream come true. Yes, I mean hopefully we don't have any like residual 
things. I know I accidentally like pooped my pants last week whenever I conjured Gigi. Yeah. And then I fucking I threw shit on my neighbor's doorstep just randomly. I just blacked out. So hopefully you don't have any like residual Ted Bundy and you don't jack off in a car. Or wait, jack off in a car. Well, you, you'll you'll listen. Okay. To this. You'll uh, listen. Or, <laughs> it's a weird story. Or you know, uh, you know, just murdering people. I'd rather. You know, I, yeah. I, I'd be a bit more open to jacking off in a car. I don't want to murder people. Yeah, but I mean, if it's your own car, maybe that's fine. But yeah. if, I don't know if you still want to do it, and you wake up and you're covered in jism, it's bad. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to keep an eye out on that. Yes. So. All right, everybody. We hope that this was a very informative episode. We hope that we shared. The same views as you all share. Maybe we shared some new ones, and who knows? Maybe when you listen to this, then you can get on our Facebook page and share your own. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. It's an open forum on there. I am your host, as always, Sean Wolf Party Martin. I am Hugh Perry. And uh, don't murder a bunch of brunettes in a FSU sorority house. Or but, a little girl. Yes, or a little girl. But always stay fresh, you meatbags. See you. Bye.